so welcome to Sonic Dorms. Thanks for chasing our treble. I'm just kidding. Thanks for following our tempo. Uh, thank you for uh, following our 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 treble. That's Join fine. Yeah. Treble? Yeah. There we go. <laughs> so yeah, this episode is completely dedicated to the uh, one and only Jeff Buckley. Jeff Buckley, who only was able to complete one album in his entire career. That album was Grace, which was released in 1994 at a time where grunge was king. Grunge was everywhere. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, uh, I'm not sure exactly when Grace was released, but, uh, as far as the month goes, but, um, Actually, yeah, August 23rd of 1994, so not too long um, after Kurt Cobain had passed away. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, so just just short after that, uh, so, you know, music, the state of, of music, of popular music was in a state of flux at the time, because I believe after Kurt Cobain's passing, there was a... Uh, I don't think grunge was considered cool anymore. Which is so silly. Yeah, it's kind of silly. But it's it's like after that, it was almost like that was the end of that era because um, uh, shortly after that, there was a suddenly start getting that transitionary period where alternative music starts to come in, but it's not as doomy and gloomy as it was in the first half of the 90s. Right, like be- between ninety one and ninety four, suddenly there was like a transition, and then that transitions over to that bright poppy stuff of the of the you know let's go from like ninety seven to ninety nine, you know, when you know get the boy bands coming in and the uh, Spice Girls you know, and Spice Girls <laughs> and all that. So yeah, so yeah, it, it just completely changed after that. But Jeff Buckley's an interesting story. So uh, he sure is. He's um he was the son of Tim Buckley who had a lot of fame in his own in his own right and he really didn't want to follow after his father from from what i read and he was really a session guitarist and i think he's one of those artists that never really thought he was going to rise to fame in the way that he did and there's something kind of special about those artists, the ones that, sorry, my cat's making a lot of noise, the ones that um, like never really wanted that. They just, they just have the talent enough that it brought them up to a, a level of fame. And, um, and uh, he, he, like you said, recorded that album, Great uh, Grace eventually. And, he he wrote. I mean, I I heard about Jeff Buckley before I heard of Tim Buckley, and of course, I I knew some of Tim Buckley's work a little bit. But Jeff Buckley, when I first heard that album, uh, I I feel like every song on the album has its own special like aura around it. Um, and before we even started recording this episode, you were playing, uh, last goodbye, right? That was last goodbye. Right. That's right. That, that I think, I think that's definitely my favorite song. I think his version of hallelujah is beautiful. 
And there's other songs on there that I, I really do adore, but last goodbye it, that like, I think the lyrics are just like, they like penetrate. I think we've all like, if you're over the age of like 18, I think you've had, like, we've all had the experience of, of that song, which is special and and sad in in its own right. But yes, continue. I was going to say that uh, what's interesting about last goodbye too, is that it's one of only three songs on the record that's solely written by Jeff Buckley because uh, the other songs are either like obviously Leonard Cohen wrote the original Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. And um, there's a couple co-writes with Gary Lucas, uh, but Last Goodbye and Lover You Should Have Come Over, as well as Eternal Life, which is track nine on the album. Those are the only three songs on the record that are solely written by Jeff Buckley. So that to me, that makes Last Goodbye that much better. The fact that he that's he's the sole songwriter on that one. Uh, I think that's awesome. It's, it's so beautiful. I love that song and I love the lyrics. I think, and I wish, I kind of wish in our top 10 that I had, added Jeff Buckley into mine. He's definitely within that, that realm for me. He's not number 11. Like he's definitely within the top 10 realm um, for me. And it's, it, I think it's really unique that he would be that in, in anybody's with just the one album that he did have. I'm sure had he, um, had he lived he would have made some more beautiful albums that way, but he's kind of, he's kind of like an elusive, he was kind of an elusive guy. He's a little bit like a uh, Damien Rice in that way. Like he makes music because he, cause he liked to make music and he, it brought him joy. It wasn't for fame or anything like that. And that there's something really special in those sort of artists. I think. Yeah. He was a he was a Scorpio born November seventeenth of nineteen sixty six. So I think that elusiveness yeah. ties into his zodiac sign. Yeah, yeah, and the fact that he was such a purist. And uh, you mentioned something about interesting that I would like to elaborate on. As far as you mentioned, every song on the record has a certain has its own character to it. Yeah, and I th- think that has a lot to do with his early years uh, starting up right at you know just playing all these different places these like swank like these just super low-key little sheds and clubs and just spots that uh you know just little just you know basically just trying to find his way and during those years apparently uh he was working in a hotel and he was struggling you know just playing music trying to get around trying to get his chops up and he mm-hmm. what was interesting is like during those years he was playing in multiple styles i mean everything from jazz and reggae to heavy metal and roots rock mm-hmm. and that to me probably ties into why the album that he eventually ended up making his debut grace is so eclectic in nature with every song is because he was such a multifaceted musician singer songwriter so I believe he, he just, he loved a wide range of music. He's actually like the kind of person that I think would, you know, and I say this humbly, but he's the kind of artist that I feel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's, he's, did you just sneeze? Yes. Bless you. Sorry. That's Thank right. You. 
But yeah, I think he's the kind of artist that like I would embrace on a show. Well, that's why we're talking about him on a show like Sonic Dorms. <laughs> the show, bless you. Thank you. This show is all about eclecticism and music and not having any walls up for music. It's all about all music. So I think he's the perfect artist that complements what I'm talking about. It's like an artist that just has a fully wholesome, wholehearted appreciation for music of all kinds, no matter what. Very open-minded when it came to music as a whole. It wasn't just about genres for him. He just loved music. And so I think that ties into why Grace is so eclectic. Yeah. What's interesting is that I read that he, Jeff Buckley is not really his, is not his name. He was raised as Scott Moorhead. That's right. So I guess that's his real name. I didn't know that until today when I was kind of looking up more stuff about him. Um, so it makes me wonder where he got Jeff Buckley from. I know his dad's Tim Buckley and I'm wondering if that's even his real name. Um, but yeah, he was, uh, he's known as Scott Moorhead and, uh, um, I mean, most people know that he passed away, but not, but not everybody knows that, um, he, he passed away. He was in Memphis, Tennessee, and he decided to go for a swim and he drowned, which is yeah. really, uh, it was just like a spontaneous swim. And he, I think he jumped in with all of his clothes into the Mississippi river and, uh, and, uh, a, a boat like found his, his body. And this was, I think in the summer, uh, it was, uh, summer of 1997 um yeah he was like awaiting his band to come record uh an album that was going to be titled my sweetheart the drunk and he passed away before they got there how strange of a way to go and i can't i can't even imagine the amazing stuff that would have come out later we we don't realize how lucky we are to have these artists that we that we continuously do without artists like this like uh like we have lana del rey and you and i have had conversations where you know we get to say well i'm not a huge fan of her latest album however like had she god forbid had she passed away you know, two, three albums in, we would have been like, oh, I wish that she was around. She would have had amazing songs. That's kind of how we feel about Amy Winehouse too. So without these, these um, kinds of situations, we don't realize how lucky we are to still continuously have the artists that we do. Even if you're not in love with their music, we still have them around, which is, uh, we are lucky for that. Yeah, and he what's really interesting about him too. Outside of you know, I have to mention just as a as a coda to what you mentioned about how he had passed, the fact that he had you know when they brought up his autopsy, he had no signs of any sort of alcohol or or drugs in his system whatsoever. You know, mm -hmm. so it was just it was just ruled as an accidental drowning, and 
And so it's very odd how that whole situation went down. It's one of those bizarre things that you can't make up, but it seems very surreal. Yeah. I mean, there's most of the, the artists, the artists that pass away, usually it is usually either an, a, a drug or like an overdose of some, some sort um, like, you know, Bradley Knoll or Amy Winehouse, I think it was alcohol poisoning, but he just went, I mean, it's, it's like comically tragic. Uh, he just went for a swim and he was just like, la la la. And, and he was gone, but we're left with this amazing legacy. And it was one album for him to have that effect on the world of our alternative rock is, is amazing. And like, I, I don't think I've ever shown anybody Jeff Buckley and they've been like, nah, I don't like this. There's no, there's just, unless you just don't like alternative rock, like in, in general, and that's totally fine. Like there are some genres that I'm, I won't particularly spend time listening to. Uh, but I don't think I've ever introduced Jeff Buckley to anybody and they not later, but like been like, Oh, I listened to the whole album later. It's just, it's, it's almost for everyone. It's just the, I'm not saying it, and and that's not to say it's boring at all. It just, it hits all the right notes for everyone. I think. Proving there, there's a timeless, yeah, there's a timeless quality to it. I think too, like just like the, like uh, we were discussing before we started recording how timeless the song uh, last goodbye sounds like there's nothing really yeah. that dates it. I don't think like the production by Andy Wallace is just very um, stripped down and like direct. It's as if they just hit record and uh, got it, got some good mic placement going on around the instruments yeah. and just recorded it straightforward. There's no like crazy production, slick production techniques that are circa 94 on it. It's just very bare bones direct. Uh, and But it sounds pristine at the same time. Yeah. It sounds very, it's not like a Steve Albini other production, song, um... Steve Albini. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. You might, you might've cut out and then I started talking. Um, I was going to say no, the other fine. song on that. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, the other song on that, uh, album that I, I love was, um, lover. You should have come over. And I love how it starts. Like it's got this weird accordion type of sound and you, it's not what you expect the rest of the song to go in. And I find that interesting because when I first was like listening to the album, I would skip over that song because I, it's not that I didn't like the beginning. It just like, I didn't remember that the rest of the song was that song. I, I know that sounds well, really silly, but like, I was just like, oh, I don't want to listen to this. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, the, the beginning of the song you lover, me? you should have come over. I, I used to kind of skip over the song because the, the beginning doesn't sound like the rest of the song. And I, I, for some reason I always just like, was like, Oh, I don't want to listen to this song thinking that it was going to be like the, the way that the beginning sounds. Um, but I mean, obviously I got over that and I love the lyrics of this. There you go. Can you hear me? Yeah. Can you, You, I'm sorry. You had, you had passed like just completely went offline for about a good, like, 20 30 seconds wow okay 
Um, You're t- you were talking about lover, you know, you should come over and then like you were getting into it and it just like you went offline. It literally said offline on your end. What? Okay. Well, um, can you hear me now? Absolutely. Um, I-, I love the lyrics of this song. I didn't particularly love the, it's not that I didn't love it. The, the intro, the accordion intro of the song I I always just used to skip over the song because the the intro kind of threw me off. Like I would always think it was like a different type of sounding song and I would just kind of skip over it. But now I'm I don't do that anymore. I don't I it, this was when I was like way younger, but the in, the intro to the song is very interesting in that it it kind of like separates uh like for me it kind of introduces it as like there was a time when it was like happy and kind of cheerful and in this like kind of ethereal accordion sound like it just made it was like the it was like the intro and then the rest of the the song kind of goes into this like melancholy beat and or or these melancholy kind of like dragging drums and the the um, strumming of the guitar and that that song is I don't know I love the the lyrics my favorite lyric is in that is maybe I'm too young to keep good love from going wrong and I, I don't know I love I just love that line I think again like that's another that's another line that I think most most people can relate to um, yeah, I agree. And again, that's one of the one of three songs on the album that he wrote by himself. Yeah. I mean, even the whole the uh there's a whole uh like stanza in the song it says sometimes a man gets carried away when he feels like he should be having his fun, much too blind to see the damage he's done. Sometimes a man must awake to find that really he has no one. Like how powerful is that? And it's just only a few lines. It says so much. Yeah, I I agree with you there. I think that's, would you say that's one of your, or would you say that's your favorite song on the album? Uh, It's a close runner up with Last Goodbye. Okay. Yeah, Last Goodbye is my number one. Yeah. And I love lilac wine. I love how like, like dazed and, and calm it is. Yeah. So if, if any listeners out there have not listened to his album, Grace, I highly suggest it. I doubt you will not like it. That was a double negative. Did that make sense? I, I I got yeah. exactly what you were saying, so yes. no worries there. Yeah, I think uh, I I highly suggest it if you're listening to this. Yeah, and also keep in mind that he had he was in the good graces of a lot of his heroes, guys like Robert Plant, Jimmy Page. They were huge fans of his. They were very like into what he was doing, and not to mention David Bowie considered Grace to be one of his all-time favorite albums. He, uh, according to the Village Voice, apparently, uh, he considered it one of like the top 10 albums that he would bring to a desert island. 
which I wow. think that's like that's a huge statement a for a uh, music god to say. Yeah, that's like quite a review. Yeah, so just just saying, you had these major legends like you know half of Led Zeppelin and David Bowie basically laying all this acclaim on him, and Bob Dylan as well. You know, considering him one of the greatest songwriters of uh you know the 90s and just just like what that's that's a big deal so yeah and he did like i said in the beginning of this podcast he didn't even really he wasn't like trying to be on the path of of fame um there's a there's a movie about him uh where penn badgley stars as jeff buckley i haven't seen it but i plan to because i can't find it on any of my uh, like TV streaming, whatever, but I'm going to dig deep in the internet to watch it. And I thought at one point that James Franco was supposed to play him, but I don't think that the movie went through, but Jeff Buckley and, and James Franco are very similar looking. Like that was, you're right. Yeah. Like, like looks wise, that was very well cast. And James Franco's a, a pretty good actor. So, uh, I, I wish that, I mean, I'm not sure if that movie came out or if it like even really exists, but I remembered that he was, he was set to be Jeff Buckley. So I'm going to do a little bit more research. And when I find that out, I will, I will tell you, Max, if, <laughs> if it's good or not. Yeah. I mean, that, that would be great. And uh, whatever, let me know if it went through or what, or, but I'm looking forward to that. I I think that that to me could have been like a major one of those like just super pure independent films that would have really yeah. done him justice because I don't see him Jeff Buckley being in like some big budget Bohemian Rhapsody Rocket Man kind of blockbuster type. It film. should though. Yeah. I mean, people should like if not just for to give Jeff Buckley and his music the notoriety or re-giving it the notoriety that it deserves, like the way that uh, Bohemian Rhapsody was. Like, I don't think anybody forgot that Queen existed, but because of that movie, uh, you know, there was a spike in, in album sales and streaming and stuff like that. And, there's, I feel like Jeff, but like the story of Jeff Buckley should be something that's bigger than, than what they, than like just an indie film. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, check. I mean, anybody who has never heard this record, if you want to hear what real music sounds like from a real musician, songwriter, singer who, who just really poured who has his heart. a lot of heart. Yeah, exactly. Poured his heart into this record. I mean, he was signed to Columbia records who had Bruce Springsteen on their lineup on their roster at the time, um, signed to Columbia in 92 and the record didn't come out until 94. I believe he really took his time developing and crafting the album just because he was, you know, he really wanted to make a statement and take everything that he had learned and accumulated musically, all the skills he had garnered throughout the years, just playing all those clubs and putting it into this album and it shows, you know, it's a well-crafted record. So yeah. And last goodbye, the, like the guitar solo has like this like orchestral background to it. That's it's so 
like just the way that the the music is is uh composed it it really speaks with the song like the the lyrics it's got this sad this sad but beautiful uh rhythm and and melody to it just go listen to it you'll know what we're talking about <laughs> yeah yeah and, and i brought up to you before we started recording this episode how for some reason it just like clicked for me as i was listening to it just before we started recording that it very to me it almost comes off as like a precursor musically to like the goo goo dolls's uh, iris which was released in 98 off the dizzy up the girl album to me that string section and the way it builds and everything, it reminds me almost like a distant, like, you know, cousin of that song in a way. Like it did, it did what they did on that mm-hmm. song, like four years earlier. Yeah, is, I feel like, like Jeff Buckley was a precursor to so many alternative rock bands that we don't, we don't even, you might not even hear it in their music, but I mean, I, I know that Incubus kind of came out in the in a similar time, but they were kind of along the lines of it too. Like Incubus was a little bit more wild at the time, but the way that they they have music that more recently came out, like within the past decade, is is a little bit more on the in line with how Jeff Buckley's sound was. Yeah, I agree. So it just goes to show you that, you know, it's one of those one shot deals that even, you know, even though we would have loved a lot more from him, you got to appreciate what we got. And it it ended up Mm -hmm. influencing a whole lot of other artists uh, up to now that uh, in a big way. So you just got to appreciate it and enjoy what we have with grace. Definitely. And this is the last time I'm going to say it. Go listen to the album. Yes, check out Grace. Go, go reinstate uh, yourself and put on a nice, solid pair of headphones and just dig in. Like, turn down the lights and just dig into this classic album. Yes. So, with that being said, thank you for joining us on this special episode where we uh, took some time to discuss Jeff Buckley. Indeed. We will talk to you soon. Until next time. And if you're not subscribed to Sonic Dorms, please do if you enjoy what you've heard thus far. I believe we're almost at uh, six months active. We appreciate anybody who's taken the time to listen to our show. Mm -hmm. So until next time. Thank you. Thank you.